Matthew 7 and 13, Jesus said, enter. Got to get in. Quit hanging around the outside. We're trying to peek through the door, looking in the windows, walking up down the street. Go in. Go in. Enter. Enter in at the straight gate. The narrow is narrow. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many, we got to watch out. He said, and many there be which go in thereat. And I've never looked at this this way before, but this morning just reading it over and over again, just getting it in my mind. Then he said, because... He just made the point that many go in the wide way because straight is the gate. People don't want the narrow way. It's just easier to go with the crowd. So straight is the gate and narrow is the way, but it leads unto life, and few there be that find it. Don't let the number or that word few scare you because the Lord's numbers and our numbers ain't the same. <laughs> you know, he said in heaven it'd be a number that no man could number. But that's the few that find it. So don't, don't be afraid like, oh, I'm not going to make it in. I mean, we need to be very conscious about that and striving for that, but you don't have to be afraid. The Lord said we can have confidence in that day. We trust the Lord in those things. So today we're going to talk about the straight and narrow. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you, praise you, and thank you today. Thank you for instruction from your word. Thank you for giving us this life-giving, faith-building word today. Lord, I pray that we will hear what the Spirit says, that we will receive it and be challenged, be changed, make decisions that will Keep us on the straight and narrow. Lord, we just praise you for it today in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout. Aren't you glad to be on the straight and the narrow? Praise God. Leads to life. You can be seated. God bless you this morning. Leads to life. So many, so many things. I encourage you when you read and study to take time see the wording, the things that Jesus said, so you don't just breeze through and miss. It's just like that when we started. The first word, enter. Enter. We, you know, we talk about entering into his gates, into his courts, and uh, he's always wanting us to get in. The Bible wants us to be in Christ. Uh, we're baptized into the body. It's always getting in. God's trying to get us in. You know, he called, we talk about how he, he took Israel out of Egypt so he could get them in to the promised land. It was, uh, that's what the Lord's doing with us. He's, he wants to get us out of sin and into righteousness, into his ways, into living for him. And uh, because he wants us to be in eternity with him, he's going away to prepare a place that where he is, we can be also, that we can enter in, that he can say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter 
in. He wants us in. But uh, that's not just about eternity. That's in the here and now. We've got to get in the way. Get in the way. Uh, I think it was David said, you have sh showed me the ways of life. And, uh, you know, and I, I want to uh, walk in these ways that lead unto life. Because we know that at the end of time, there's either, you know, eternal life or there is the lake of fire, which is the second death. So I don't want to be uh, found there. I want to be in the right places. In this uh, little passage, it lets us know that there is a choice to be made by every individual. You decide which road you will walk. Two paths, wide or narrow, but we're only one person. There are two paths, but they have two very different destinations. One is destruction. The other is life. So a lot of times we're so, you know, we're, we're really focused on getting to heaven. But sometimes we, we need to remember that we should also do what it takes not to go to hell. We're always talking, you know, it's, and sometimes we, we've got to do things that are going to ensure that we're getting further and further away from the path that leads to destruction. Not just because you can come to church, but still be walking in the wide path. We've got to enter in. We've got to enter into the straight gate and the narrow way. We've got to get to that uh, way that leads unto life. And, uh, you know, I, I used to look at this, and, and this would just be stretching Scripture and, and making up your own thing. But uh, when he said the straight is the gate, in the natural, in the world, a straight is a narrow passageway of water. We always talk about you got to go through the water, but but that word does not translate. It would be great if it translated to that, and we could say, "Look, I hear," but it, but just thinking about that, it is still narrow, and it leads somewhere. It connects things, and and this gate is a this straight gate. It connects us. It lets us into a place, and then the way that it leads to leads unto life. Uh, if it leads unto life, you can just be sure that Jesus is on it because he is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're on the narrow way, you're on the same way he's going. So you can't be say, I serve him, but be walking a different path that he is walking because even for us that ne have never seen him, the instruction was left, take up your cross and follow him. We must take up our cross daily and follow the Lord. This is instruction that will ensure success in this world and in the world to come. Take up the cross and follow him. Uh, you see in these passages of scripture, it's either uh, people following people or people following the Lord. When he said this way leads to destruction, it reminded me of the scripture that uh, pride goes before destruction. The wide way is the people who say, I can do this my way. I can do it however I want to. I'm making my own decisions in this. We're all headed to the same place anyway. This is the way that I want to walk. Throw the book out the window. I'll lead myself. But those on the straight and narrow are being led by the Lord. 
The broad way reminds me of Proverbs 14 and 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death or destruction. That's, uh, and so whenever people decide, I'm going to just take this wide gate, I'm going to go where it looks like the crowd is going, then they're actually saying, I'm making my own decisions. And again, Jesus doesn't take our free will away from us. God never removed that when we were born again, when he called us. It was a decision to make. Choose this day who you'll serve and choose this day which path you'll walk. Which gate are you going to go through? Which way are you going to enter in? How are you going to get there? We must do that. It's a, a narrow way on the uh, straight and narrow, we, we, we talk about, uh, the, you just see this picture like, almost like you have tunnel vision, but the Bible says that our steps are ordered by the Lord in His Word. They're ordered, so we're walking in His step. We live. If this path leads to life, then it's going to be ordered by His Word because we live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You're, I can promise you this, you're not on the straight and narrow if you're out of the Word. The Word, is, it, it, it'll make it narrow. It'll, it'll frame it in. Now, narrow can, you know, uh, to us, we think, well, this room is wide. It's not narrow. But it would be narrow in comparison to some other rooms. So uh, uh, the narrow way, uh, sometimes we, it's, if, what I'm talking about is it frames us in. It's like guardrails that keep us from going in the places that we don't want to go. Uh, that word narrow uh, actually has in the uh, meaning of it that, it's, uh, that it is framed in, that uh, it's narrow, it's straight because of obstacles on either side. Obstacles. That's why the psalmist or the writer in Proverbs would say, turn not to the right hand nor to the left and remove your foot from evil because when you get turning left and right, you're hitting obstacles, things that are going to stop you from walking in the path that God has designed for you to walk in. He wants us to walk in the straight and the narrow. But the wide way is man's way. But Paul warned us not to be spoiled, not to be uh, by... Don't let any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and, and not after Christ, who is the way, the truth, the life. So I want to make sure that I'm not walking just in my ways or man's ways or just following the crowd. The wide way is filled with things that appeal to the flesh. It's carnal because it is man's way. It's not spiritual. It's the carnal mind that walks that way, and so it's not subject to God, and it can't be subject to God. The carnal mind must give in to the ways of the Lord. But it appeals to the flesh because it's easy. It's convenient. And it seems like it's right because so many people are doing it. It's got to be right. So we must recognize that the crowd doesn't mean that it's right. Just because there's a crowd, just because there's a lot saying that, you know, that, that's the dangers, that one of the dangers today of getting us off the straight and narrow is uh, media and social media because if, if enough people are liking a post or if enough people are sharing a status, then it must be right. If enough people are 
posting this, this meme or this story, then it's got to be true. I mean, just get several thousand people on there posting something uh, negative about the church and watch how church attendance will begin to drop off. It'll happen because uh, this world uh, is full of the crowd. You know, I always come up with this thing, well, you know, don't be sheep. Well, we are sheep. I don't mind being sheep because I'm following the great shepherd. I'm following his words. And uh, they're not sheep. Thank you. Goats. Both are herded. Both have a shepherd. I want the great shepherd. I don't reference the, you know, and I, I don't, really just ever read. I've never just sat down and read from the Message Bible, but sometimes I will, out of curiosity, just go to it because it. sometimes it does say things in a way they're like, there you go. Sometimes it says things in a way like, "Where? what, what were you smoking when you wrote this? You know, but uh, it really is. Like some, some of their translations are way out there. But for this passage this is the way it reads in the message. Matthew 7, 13, 14. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that you can just practice in your spare time. But don't fall for that stuff. Even though crowds of people do, the way to life, to God, is vigorous and it requires total attention. Now, I have to give it to him on that. That's a good summation of this passage. And, and the one thing is that it requires attention. But don't go just because it's the crowd. Because we were not uh, meant to just be part of a crowd for the sake of being part of a crowd. A crowd is often unorganized. When you see a crowd of people, they might be all doing their own thing. They might be in the same place, but still doing their own thing. You can go to places where there are crowds of people, and, and in that crowd, 95% of them are probably on their phone, all looking at something different, doing their own thing, but they're all in the same place. I don't want to be in the same place as the crowd. I want to make sure I'm walking on the straight and the narrow Paul wrote to the church in 2 Corinthians 10 and 12, For we dare not make ourselves of the number. There was a crowd in that day too. He said, Or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. They're lifting themselves up. I know the way to go. I know what to do. I can... I'm setting the rules. I'm setting the boundaries. I've got these revelations. This is, this is how we're going to do it now. He said, so we don't make ourselves of the number. We don't compare ourselves with some that commend themselves because they measure themselves or because they are measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves. They're not wise. They're not wise. Ephesians chapter 4 says that that's not the measure we're supposed to rise up to. We're not supposed to be measuring up to each other. I didn't give you this scripture, sis, so just you don't worry about it. I'm just going to read this little part right here. 
in Ephesians 4 and 13, he said, we're supposed to all come in the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we're henceforth no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men. Men. Cunning. Men are smart. People are smart. Cunning. Crafty. And they just wait. They lie in wait, looking for that opportunity to deceive somebody. Just, they're they, they just like a, a pack of wolves, man. They're just waiting on you to get down, discouraged, and then now we got them. We're going to pull them away from, from what they're doing. We're going to get them. We're going to move them on. But stay on the straight and the narrow. Stay framed in by the Word of God. There's so much in the Scripture. It will keep you. The Word of God will keep us. When we keep the Word, it keeps us. And, and when we keep uh, and walk in those ways, and when you're walking in the Word of God and your steps are ordered by His Word, it will never lead you to a place of destruction, but only life. It may lead you through the valley of the shadow of death, but it's not going to lead you to destruction. It's not going to lead you to death. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. That's, that's, those are the, the things you find along the way. When you're walking on the narrow way, that's what the billboards are the promises of God. When you're walking through there, you're seeing the promises of the Lord and reminded, and that's keeping you on that path, keeping you to where you need to be. In 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, uh, Refer, in reference to the crowd, he said, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. People that's walking on the wide path, not believers in the sense of biblical belief. They may believe there is a God. They may even believe that Jesus died on the cross. But the Bible says we have to believe and obey. Faith without works, we walk by faith not by sight. Faith without works is dead. So uh, this kind of belief, uh, when it, they say don't be equally yoked together with unbelievers, they say, well, they say they believe this, they believe that. Well, they, but do they believe the truth? Do they believe the Scripture? Do they believe the words that come out of the mouth of God? Is that how they live their life? Uh, I've said this many times. You can believe in a lot of things and not obey. You can believe that's the speed limit, not obey it. You pay the consequences. But when you believe the, the rules for driving and, the, and those kind of things, you know, those, all those things, as ridiculous as a lot of them are, they're really made to keep us safe on the road. But we're only protected by those rules when we obey those rules. If you go you know, 95 down a 35-mile-an-hour road, you know, it's not just because they're worried about you killing somebody else. That road's not meant for that kind of speed. It's fixing to be a, an L-shaped turn that you're not going to make it 95 miles an hour. Why did, they, why did they wreck? Because they were going 95 and a 35, and they came on a curve that wasn't meant for 95. No matter how nice your car is, how bad it is, you know, you, how fast and furious you feel that day, you ain't going to make it. You've got to stick to the word, stick to those commandments that he gave us. And Jesus didn't 
He didn't place us in a crowd. It says he placed us in a body. As members in particular, there was careful planning. There was placement and design in who we are. We were not designed to go with the flow of the crowd. I've said this before. I, I don't want to be part of the crowd, but I want to be part of the cloud. There's a, a crowd that's going a wide way, but there's a cloud of witnesses that were faithful unto death that they, uh, in this life, but they found life everlasting because of walking on that straight and narrow. Said Some were even tortured, but said they would not receive any kind of relief from it because they wanted a better resurrection they, they, and, uh, or a better life in the end. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. It was a fight, finished my course. I was walking in the straight and narrow, walking with him. That's why after we come to the Lord, we're buried with him in baptism. It says now we're raised up, not to just do whatever we want to do, but now we walk in the newness of life. We were not walking by faith prior to that. Now we are walking by faith. Uh, and we're, we didn't just hear the gospel, believe the gospel. We obeyed the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection. And now we walk in a new life. We're baptized into Christ. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. That's why it's the newness of life. That's why we're new creatures. We don't walk the way that we used to walk. We got off of the wide path and went through the gate, entered in to the narrow way so that we could walk with God, listen for the voice of the Savior. And so, uh, again, the narrow way it represents careful, sober travel. You know, the one thing that I can say, you ever been on those, uh, let's see, out there on the loop, they're always working on the loop where you come off back on that, off 29 and all that. And, man, if you're not paying attention, you know, they got cement borders on every side. You've got to pay attention. If you drift a little bit, you're you fixing to be scrubbing. And, and, or whenever we go to Louisiana, there's always wonderful tra uh, road work in Mississippi somewhere. Hard to believe it because their roads are like this, but it's but you you all of a sudden it's like you know the lane is going to shift and, and so they they box it in and I mean you're just like this and sometimes it's two lanes and you it's cement wall you big truck and you can't pass them because somebody's in front of you you can't slow down because somebody's behind you you, know, you so you're just right there like this why because I don't want to hit. I want to stay in my lane so I don't end up under a truck or against a wall. And, and that's when we walk in a narrow place, you have to pay attention. And that's not hard. Just pay attention. Ain't nothing worse than a distracted driver. It ain't anything more terrible than a distracted saint because they're all over the place. A double-minded man. You've got to, the straight way requires single-mindedness. My heart is fixed on the Lord. I serve the Lord. I am his servant. I have been born again of the water, of the spirit. I am his child. I'm in his body. I am walking, following, listening to him. His sheep know his voice. 
and I hear him, follow me. This is the way. Walk ye in it. That's what Isaiah wrote. You'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. And That's what I hear. And so I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to be double-minded. Walking on the straight and narrow requires focus, singleness of mind, because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I, don't, I can't be thinking about the wide path while I'm trying to walk the narrow. I, I've, you, you never done that? Got your mind on something while you're driving, missed your turn, missed your exit? Happens. We were coming home from a revival in North Carolina. We'd been at a conference, had to be back at work um, on Monday, so we left late, driving home. Kids were asleep. Wife was asleep. I'd made this drive so many times. I could have done it in my sleep. But I was, I thought I was awake. I don't know where I was. We're going down through there. We're just riding down 95, coming from north, out of North Carolina, down the coast, just getting on down through there. Everybody's asleep. I'm just driving, driving, driving. Also, I'm like, I don't see nothing. I, I, I should have already been, I thought. And so finally, I see a sign coming up, and I'm almost to Savannah. I missed my turn to get off on I-20 and start coming this way. I was hit, and I'm like, so I got off, turned around. I'm going back up the thing. I would went like an hour out of the way. Distracted, sleep, daydreaming, whatever, completely missed it. By the time I got to I-20, she woke up and said, we're just about there. I said, well... I added about two hours to our drive because I went an hour out of the way and uh, I just got us back on the path. Problems when you get off the path. Delays, weariness, aggravation, frustration, a lot of things when you get off the path. Use a lot of extra gas. You know, there's a lot of, I can start adding up all the negatives by getting off the path. There's a lot of negatives when you get off the path. I won't stay on the narrow. Uh, there's, there's obstacles left and right. I don't want to turn left or right. I want to stay in the middle. So we have to watch our step, keep our focus on the way. Jesus is the way. Keep your focus on the way. The narrow way is a way of self-examination, self-awareness. We have to know who we are and where we are, that we're not just following a crowd. 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 says, Paul wrote, said, look, be followers of me, but only as I follow Christ. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5 said, examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. How do we walk? We walk by faith. And then he said, prove your own self. Make sure you're in the narrow way and you're not just following the crowd. Examine yourself. Don't base the, the stability of your walk on where the crowd is at. There are crowds of people, and the Lord told us in the last days, he said, first of all, don't be deceived. Then he began to say, just because they say Christ is here and Christ is there, and they're doing signs and miracles and calling fire out of heaven and doing different kinds, that doesn't mean that's where I'm at. You stay, you stay in the word. You stay where you need to be. You keep following me. You stay on the straight and on the narrow. Everywhere that Jesus went early on in his life, there were always crowds. 
but not everyone wanted him. They, some just wanted the miracle. The crowd, they wanted miracles. Heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me. How many of those people did it say stayed and followed him? You know, the scripture said it after he had resurrected, said he was seen of above 500 people, but then only 120 decided to make that trip to the upper room. Where is that 380 at? The crowd doesn't mean that's where it's at. But some just came to see the show. Some wanted to try to trap him in his words, trick him, do things like that. And, and that's, just, that's just the way it, the way it was. But when it got down to it, when it came to following his word, people would leave. In John 6 and 66, it said uh, Jesus was preaching, and, he said, and after he had spoke some words that they couldn't hardly hear, he said, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. You hear that word? Many. Many of his disciples. Many will be on the wide path. Many will be on the path that leads to destruction. And many people don't want to hear what Jesus has actually got to say. They, they want the miracles. They want the fish and the loaves. They want the walking on water. They want people raised from the dead. But if I've got to live by your word, if I've got to make a commitment, if I've got to be a living sacrifice, now, Jesus, i got issues. Because I don't see it that way. That's that pride that leads to destruction. That's man's ways. So Jesus turned and looked at the 12. Will you also go away? Peter said, Lord, relationship. I know who you are in my life. Lord, where would we go? He didn't say, you've got the most wonderful miracles. I have just enjoyed watching people raised from the dead, blinded eyes open. But he said, I'm not going anywhere because you have the words that I need for life, eternal life. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads unto life. I've got to stay with him. And he said, and I believe it, and I'm sure that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. I know who you are. I'm not going anywhere. You're more than just a miracle worker. You're my Savior. You're my hope. You're my help. You're the Lord. You washed me in your blood, filled me with your spirit. I know who you are to me. I know what you did for my life. I'm not following a crowd that's walking away from those kind of principles. I'm going to stay with the one who saved me. I'm going to stick with you. And so uh, Jesus was preaching to his disciples, to people, his disciples, people following him. But to warn them, those who are following him, don't get off the path. That's what he's, he's telling them, enter in at the straight gate. Stay in the straight way. Stay in the straight and narrow. Keep following me. A choice will come to you in your walk. There'll be somebody saying, exit here. Just get off here. It's a shortcut. Just like that, that driving app and you're riding sometimes and it'll, and it'll tell you, and maybe this works out better sometimes. I like to go the way I know. That's just me. I, that way, if something happens, I know where I am. But it'll say, you can get off right here, and it will save you five minutes. I'm like, but I've never been on that exit. So I don't want to do it. I'll stay where I'm going. It might take you a little longer. Don't care. Still got to where I was going. 
I get off on that road, I might miss a turn, might do something. I, I don't know that area. I know where I'm going. I know the road that I take. Now, again, that maybe that's not a great illustration because people say, well, I'm going to take that extra, you know, I don't want to sit in traffic. I'm going to take that extra five minutes off whatever. But the thing is, is in this walk with God, there will always be that little thing that will go, ding, you could, you could make life a lot easier by not going to church every week. Get off right here. Your life would be so much simpler if you didn't have to pray every day. Get off right here. If you didn't have to read and study the Bible, if you didn't have to listen to a preacher, if you, if you could just be your own person and do your own thing, and the list goes on and on. Adam and Eve were on a straight, narrow way. The Lord said if we eat of that tree, we would die. It would, it would destroy us. Oh, you won't die. Well, they didn't drop dead immediately, no, but, but sin entered in, and the wages of sin is death. They became the, the parents to sin and to death. They made a choice. They were deceived. They were, you know, there was somebody conniving that lied. And Get off right here. You'll be more like God. Nope. One day we're going to be like him. We're going to see him as he is. If we stay in the straight and narrow. One day I'll be like him. But it won't be because I decided to disobey his word. It'll be because I stayed in his word. I stayed where he wanted me. Listen to this right here. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in to the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, there's that word again, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name cast out devils, and in your name done many wonderful works. And he said, I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Because you weren't doing those things on the straight and narrow, you were doing them on the wide way. Just because they're on the wide way doesn't mean they don't proclaim his name. Use his name for their benefit. Hey, come on, one guy wanted to buy the power to lay hands on people so the Holy Ghost could come in them. Men love miracles. And some men want to be seen as the miracle worker, promoting themselves, measuring themselves, comparing themselves. How can I get miracles? How can I get signs and wonders in my church and because if I do that, then I can put my face up on a billboard somewhere. And, and people, you know, it's the, the church name's in real little letters, and it's that big old picture of him up there smiling. That ain't me, man. Somebody would ever come and say, Pastor, we need to put you on a billboard. I'd be like, eh, because it ain't about me. Hey, that's not me. That's not, I, I just don't believe in it. But I just want to follow him. Not worried about reputation. But how does it happen? How does it happen that people can say, we've done all these things because they chose the wrong path? They decided to walk in the way that they want to walk. 
They followed the crowd instead of the narrow way. Jesus said, if you have an ear to hear, hear. He that has an ear, let him hear. Then he said, follow me. Can you hear him? Follow me. I can guarantee you if you get the first part right, if you get an ear to hear him, the second part, it'll fall right in line. If you start hearing, if your ear is attuned to the voice of the Lord, you will follow him. If the narrow path leads to life, then Jesus is most certainly on it. And if he's on it, we'll be able to hear his voice calling, follow me. Because my sheep know my voice, Jesus said. And he may lead you in paths of righteousness, green pastures, still waters, even in valleys. I said this earlier, through the valley of the shadow of death. But always with him. It's never by ourselves. We're always following him, always walking with him. Jesus leading and goodness and mercy following behind. Isn't that wonderful? That's why I want to walk on the path that leads to life. That's why I want to do the right things. In Matthew 16 and 24, Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That's the best way to get, keep you off that wide path. Deny yourself, your flesh, that carnal mind and carnal instincts. That will keep you off the wide path. And then take the cross and follow me. The narrow way is the way of the cross. Self-denial uh, is the opposite to the broad way. So when we deny ourselves, when we uh, present ourselves a living sacrifice, and you think about how Jesus was obedient even to the death of the cross. And just as the, the cross, it ended his life on earth. He died on that. He died. He quit breathing. He was dead, stone cold dead on that cross. He died. He released it, gave up the ghost, and he died. He didn't just, it wasn't some kind of spiritual mystical slumber that he was in. His body, that flesh, it died just like any other person that goes to the cross must die. So why would we think that taking the cross daily is not going to lead to the destruction or the death of our flesh? The cross is an instrument of death. It destroys the pattern of the first Adam, which was Adam from uh, creation, and it sets us on the path of the second Adam, which was Christ, and we either flee the cross or we die on it because the cross never concedes, it never compromises, it will not make a deal with you. He says, if you come to me, I got one purpose, for you to die in your flesh. It kills the one who is on it. So when we start singing about the old rugged cross and it gets close to Easter season and we start seeing crosses popping up everywhere and people hang flowers on them and they decorate them and they make them just as beautiful as they can make them, that's not the cross that Jesus died on. It was a, an instrument of death. It's where the flesh went to die. It was where the plan was fulfilled. He knew that he had to die so life could be established. It destroys our patterns, the old man, and it creates a new pattern following the new man. Paul said, I am crucified, but nevertheless I live. That your crucifixion not killed the old man, and we buried him in the water. 
Now I walk in the newness of life. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm walking in the narrow path. And so I can run away if I want to, but I'm not going to walk the straight and narrow without the cross. My notes here, my thought of this. Running out of time. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection, and we must obey that. The, the ending of ourselves to walk in newness of life, that's obedience to the gospel. And the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It's going to bring us life. The world does not want the cross as we really read about it, but worldly examples of the cross will end in defeat. We need to follow Christ and watch him looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The narrow way, the way of the cross will open us up to be laughed at, talked about, mocked, accused of being holier than thou. But God's people have always been subject to mockery. And I mean, even on the day of Pentecost, some mocked, saying these men are full of new wine. They're drunk. It's always been like that about the church. They can't understand what God's doing spiritually in people's lives, and so they, they don't understand it, so they mock it. We'll be forsaken, uh, the cross of the world, the narrow way will be forsaken for the effort that it takes, and most times it's just labeled as simply unnecessary because people want a crowd. But at what cost for a crowd? You know, we've talked about that with churches and things, and and. Everybody that's got a big church doesn't mean they're compromising. Let me say that first. I know some people that they, if they see a church growing and having revival, well, that's because they compromise. Favor of God. How about that? <laughs> Preaching the truth. That'll bring people. Preach the truth and you get 3,000 in one, one catch. Ask Peter about it. You know, so that's not always the truth, but sometimes, unfortunately, it is while they have a crowd because it's just do what you want to do. So everybody won't do it. It can be difficult, frustrating because a lot of times when we're doing everything we can, we see other people doing less. That's not the focus because that's wide path mentality, comparing yourselves to others. The Lord had to correct Peter on this when he said, told him to follow me at the end, and uh, he saw John walking, and, and so Peter says, hey, well, what's John going to do? And the Lord said, what's that to you? If I, if I want him to live forever until I come back, what's that to you? You just follow me. He said, quit getting in that wide path mentality. Quit worrying about how other people, well, I don't see them, you know. Well, so just because you don't see so-and-so doing what you think, I heard pastors say we should be doing this and this, but I don't see them doing that well. If the book says do it, you do it. You don't worry about who ain't doing it. You do it. You live by the word, not by comparison, not by, uh, that's, that's, a, that's wide path mentality. I don't want to do that. I've got to follow him. The rich young ruler had walked the easy road, done all these things, but at the mention of leaving that road, leaving his stuff, selling everything, following Jesus, he walks away sad because he wanted to go to heaven on his terms, not on the terms that Jesus set. But Jesus said, if you want it, 
you got to let go of you and take the cross and follow me. And honey, you can come to the music. In Philippians 3 and 7, Paul wrote this, and you can stand with me as we get ready to close up right here. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. I mentioned this the other night, teaching, and, or the other week when I was teaching, and it's, it's so, such a powerful statement. What a principle to live by. What things were gained to me, I counted lost for Christ. I was willing to let go of anything that could point to me so I could have him. And those words, follow me, are still for us today. When you think of everything that the disciples saw because they simply obeyed two words, follow me. And we miss out on so much because we stopped obeying those words. Follow me. The narrow path will not, the narrow path is not an echo down through time. It's a fresh voice of the Savior. Follow me. He hadn't gone somewhere and disappeared just waiting for us to get there. He, he's walking with us daily. He's, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you always, even until the end. The narrow path is that fresh voice of the Spirit. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. The old song said, lead me, Lord. I will follow. Lead me, Lord. I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. We used to sing those songs and mean it. It's time to let that song get in your spirit again. Lead me, Lord. I will follow. Well, we lift our hands and just worship the Lord for a moment now. Won't you maybe just pray that for a moment? Just speak that out for my Lord. Lead me. Where you lead me, Lord, I will follow. Hallelujah. Lead us in the right path. Lead us in that straight path, God. Where you lead me, Father. Oh, God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give the Lord a, just a hand clap and a shout of praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful for the path that God has placed me on. Praise God. Don't forget.